This week on episode 64 of the Odd Data Podcast, it looks like everything's coming in pairs. I've got two stories about some people who make some rather strange personal decisions. I've got two stories about people spending way too much money for not a lot of return. I've got a tie for Jackass of the Week with my favorite kind, drug busts. And it's even carrying through into this week's featured podcast, a couple of ladies so crazy you'll forget that it's about podcasting. This week I'm talking about She Podcasts. Beginning on that old podcast in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1... Welcome to the Odd Dad Out Podcast, where normal is not my specialty. I am your host, as always, Adam Higgins, the Odd Dad Out, and this is a show where I share my twisted little perspective on things and and pick fun at some, uh, let's just say, less than mainstream news stories. And, (laughs) of course, I wrap up every show with a featured podcast because I just love sharing the things I love with you. All right. Uh, For, you know, take a second to pull back the curtain here a little bit. This is actually like my fourth take, seriously. And like my fourth, like I'm just, I just threw it away at that point, uh, run through of the show this week. Because, like I mentioned before, I mentioned last week, it's summertime now. Boys are all out of school, or at least my oldest is out of school. Next year, the number two starts kindergarten. Uh, my wife is already having, like, psychotic meltdowns and, like, oh my god, my baby, my baby. Like, you've got two more. Really, it's okay. And I don't want to sound like a, like a disinterested dad, but, like, we went through this, and she goes to work during the day. I work at night. So, for me, kid going to school is relief. Sorry. I'm, I'm relieved that he's going, that he's going to school. That's just, you know, I'm, I'm not a single dad, so I don't get super emotional about kids going off to kindergarten and all that. That's, that's just not in me. But yeah, she's already having meltdowns. And, yeah, and it's still two months away. The summer just started. It's just her last summer before he goes off to school and blah, 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 blah. Uh, but I'm already, you know, I'm enjoying the summer. Uh, uh, minus the fact that there's more kids in the house, which means there's more noise. I really thought, truly, honestly, really thought that, oh, it's summertime. It'll be easier, all the older boys will be home, they'll be able to wrangle the little boys and keep them occupied and quiet, and I'll be able to do the show without interruption. Yeah, that shit ain't happening. Uh, It turns out that when you've got more kids at home, they just make more noise. And the older kids, the older boys, just, yeah, they they are not interested in keeping quiet. Uh, As such, my, my standard bribery, yeah, it just doesn't work, they haven't they haven't earned a bribe for being quiet while I do the show yet. So, eh, that, that's kind of their loss, I have to say. Uh, but, yeah, I've been, enjo- other, other than that, I've been enjoying the summer. I've been making full use of that grill we got, uh, for Memorial Day. Uh, and it's just turned into, that shit, Sunday? Nope, it's, it's barbecue day. I have no cl- they do the the ozone action days out here that are no burn days because we live in the desert and you know one errant spark could start a wildfire not to make light of wildfires but that's basically kind of how it goes you know you one schmuck doesn't you know puts a cigarette out in the wrong way or doesn't put out his campfire then next thing you know half a forest is burned down so yeah there's there's just outright days no burn Look, you can't even, and, and it's not even just related to forest fires and that. It does have to do with, uh, air pollution and things like that. Like, oh, the ozone is high, the smog level's high, blah, blah, blah. Uh, no burn day. That means no grilling, no, you know, no open fires. Can't use your fireplace. Not that you would because you're usually in the summer, but like no open fires and no use of 
gas lawn equipment. So no gas lawnmowers, no weed eaters. Use electric, fine, which I used to have. Now they're all gas. But yeah, no, it's like you can't mow your yard. It's an ozone action day. Again, because it's, it's, it has to do with pollution, but in the summer, they, they, they basically, in the winter, they call it ozone action days. In the summer, they call it, uh, no burn days because in the summer, it's, it's kind of about, like, not starting wildfires and things like that. So, uh, but yeah, I don't keep track of that shit that much. I mow my yard on Sunday because that's the day I have to mow my yard. And I do my barbecuing on Sunday because that's the day I've got to barbecue. But we've, we've really kind of like picked it up. And this week, we not only the boys wanted to, but the boys were like, Hey, dad, can we like have some hot dogs and all this too? And he was like, okay, fine. We'll do, we'll barbecue some hot dogs. And I'm like, and my wife and I are like, we really don't want hot dogs. So we're going to do something else. And because we just went grocery shopping, we're like, well, hell, we've got all this chicken that's not frozen yet. Let's go and take that. And I was like, well, since we're going to be grilling chicken anyway, let's go ahead and do your uh, lunch prep or like meal prep for the week. And we'll do it that way. We'll just make use of the grill and fuck, throw it all on the grill and call it a day. And so that's what we did. And grilled up the hot dogs. We wrapped, dude, I think everybody who's ever you got a good grill and you eat grilled corn, you know, wrap the corn in foil, throw it on there, kind of stick it in the corners where it's not getting all direct heat and shit. And then we did the, the you know, the packet things where you put like all your vegetables and like, maybe some olive oil or butter or something in like a big foil pouch. And so we made that and we did like sausage and uh, like a zucchini and different squash and onions and stuff and threw that all in the foil packs through those and basically had the ring of that slow cooking stuff in the grill. Meanwhile, I like butterflied out some chicken breasts and had like Italian seasoned, like marinated ones for her meals for the week. And I did some other ones in just kind of your traditional barbecue chicken. And oh my God, I've, I've, in the past, and I talked about last week, how I've always had crap grills and all that. But now, with my nice, swanky new grill, I'm suddenly able to do grilled chicken without it sticking to the bars and just completely shredding because that's what chicken does. And I'm, I'm pretty sure I mentioned last week I only use mesquite charcoal because smoky flavor and yum. Well, wait, I've... And, and it doesn't take an idiot to know that uh, something like grilled, air quotes, chicken from like an electric, like a George Foreman grill is nothing like something cooked over fire. But, and again, I've never been able to execute grilled chicken properly. And then there's always the issue of when you're, you're grilling chicken, you don't want it to burn before it's cooked all the way through. So you don't have a charred piece of chicken and it, and still, you know, raw bleh, inside. You don't need salmonella wrapped in charcoal. So it's always been dicey. But again, new nice grill that I can actually work pretty well now, apparently. And man, I I threw together some of the best damn grilled chicken I have ever had in my life and managed to make barbecue chicken with barbecue sauce. And yes, I know how to do that without burning it because anyone... You know, quick cooking lesson. Don't put barbecue sauce on the chicken until right before it's done or it will burn. And there's that, you know, salmonella wrapped in charcoal thing. But yeah, so I threw again, kind of redundant, but a mesquite barbecue sauce on top of my very smoked, uh, mesquite chicken. And, you know, it's a mac and cheese and mashed potatoes because we're like that. And oh man, that was awesome. And at the same time, all of those, the vegetable sausage packets and the corn and all that stuff just cooking away, slow cooking away this whole time. And I opened up those little uh, veggie pouches for a bit right at the end of the chicken and everything and just let the smoke soak into that shit. My wife was just saying, it's like, that was the best. Last week we did those in the oven. This week we did them on the grill with all that mesquite smokiness getting into them. And she was just saying those were the best like sausage and vegetable packs that we've done. So 
yeah, I'm I'm totally I'm, I'm I don't know if it's man crushing, but I'm totally loving my new girl. So yay, new girls, yay! You know, and I don't mind going out and it's 110 degrees out because it's Phoenix and that's what you do. I don't mind standing next to a big fire, big black fire pit when it's 100 degrees outside because I grew up in the desert. I realize some people are like, what? It's that hot and fire? What? Huh? Yeah. I get that. <laughs> and I realize my Australian friends out there, yeah, same shit. Um, <laughs> 110 Fahrenheit outside standing next to an iron grill. They call it Tuesday. Same deal here. Um, <laughs> all that said, fun summer times. But before we take the first break, I figure I got enough stories going this week. I think I'm just going to knock the first couple of these suckers out and then we'll take a break. What do you think? Yep, you responded because that's how podcasts work. All right. <laughs> Let's jump into the news. Bullshit from the news. Alright, starting off, I actually have what is essentially a local story. At least local on, to the element, like, side that it's from a suburb of Phoenix, basically on the other side of Phoenix. I live on the west side. Chandler, Arizona is on the east side where recently a man successfully got his driver's license picture done wearing a metal spaghetti colander on his head. In the name of, air quotes, religious freedom. <sighs> this guy, uh, Sean Corbett, has successfully managed to get his driver's license photo taken wearing a colander on his head citing religious reasons because he reports to be a pastafarian or for those not familiar with the term a follower of the church of the flying spaghetti monster which is basically a now legitimate religion it is officially recognized as a legitimate religion even though it's a bunch of crap um it was basically made up as a big middle finger to all the mainstream religions and to mainstream atheism. <laughs> and so, yeah, this guy managed after years of trying to get this done. And I don't know if he follows the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster for real, but at least he that's been his his gig as far as trying to get a picture with a colander on his head. But he's claiming that he's doing this to uh, help people of different religions who say, and a lot of, and generally speaking, it's usually Muslims and and uh, that have the issues with uh, head wrappings and things of that sort uh, in driver's license pictures. For the most part, most other religions, I, I think, I don't think if you're Jewish, you're going to get your driver's license picture taken with a yarmulke on. And it, I don't think it's really that much of an issue. But I do know with, especially with Muslim women, it does become an issue of driver's license pictures and headwear and things of that sort. All that being said, this guy is, he's wearing a, a colander on his head. And of course, I'll have the pictures and like the little news report of this guy in his interview on, on, in the show notes. But, yeah, it's just, yeah, I just, I, I, I can't get behind the guy, and one, because he's picked a religion, he's doing this in the name of a religion that is typically, man, well, they're laughed at, because come on, it's the church of the giant, of the flying spaghetti monster, and they, you know, come on, they picked a, a name, Pastafarian, that you couldn't be making fun of them anymore. But it's it's interesting, not because he's doing this, and why I put the big air quotes at the beginning of this, because, and this was pointed out to me by one of my coworkers when the story first broke, this guy is actually 
a known con artist. Uh, he is actually, apparently, especially in like the, the parts exchange and eBay and all of those sort of circles, this guy is a known con artist and he's apparently like wanted by, you could say he's, he's like blacklisted on all of these sort of like resale markets and things. That basically if this guy comes up, that he's like a reported reverend, I, I forget what the hell he uses for his like name out in that, in that world, but he's like supposedly a reverend and he's probably a reverend, uh, Pastafarian. But he basically will sit there and post up listings and things. And this is all just from what I've heard. I have no, like, facts as far as this goes because this is, like, what I've heard and read as directed by one of my coworkers who saw the guy and was like, hey, I know who that guy is. But he's apparently, a, he'll post up listings for parts. He'll take the payments in PayPal or always PayPal because PayPal has... Uh, insurances and stuff to make sure that if someone rips you off that you get your money back well he'll take the money in paypal never deliver and pa-bow you got a lot of pissed off people and again paypal has insurances and stuff like this so you know the people who got scammed to get their money back from paypal but yeah this i guess this guy is you know he's 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 a little shady and so when he comes out and says, I'm doing this for political, like, religious reasons and religious equality, you get a little, yeah, but his, his motivations, other than I think the guy just wanted to get famous. In any case, uh, the state motor vehicle department has already kind of put out a statement saying that they're going to revoke his license. And imagine it's just because his picture violates the terms and kind of the guidelines for what a driver's license photo is supposed to look like. You know, you're, you can't have anything on your head. You can't, you're not even supposed to be smiling because, you know, facial recognition software that a smile manipulates your face, all this, blah, blah, blah. But you're supposed to just kind of look at the camera, you know, be calm, chill. You don't even wear your glasses. And so, yeah, this guy's picture is a, a somebody at the, that the motor vehicle department fucked up. This guy got a fucking colander on his head. And now he's getting famous. And now schmucks like me are talking about him. But I'm talking about him because he's a schmuck. They're talking about him because it was a slow news day. <sighs> Moving on to another questionable person. And... I, I, I genuinely feel this woman probably needs to see a therapist or 20. A San Diego woman claims she has married the Santa Fe train station after falling in love with the station 36 years ago. And she claims she has had sex with the train station in her mind and the train station is a woman named Daedra. Let's let that sink in there for you. Um, yeah, I... She's even gone to the extent of having her name legally changed to Carol Santa Fe. Yeah. <sighs> Apparently this is a thing that's referred to as she's an objectum sexual or a person who is sexually attracted to inanimate objects and structures. So she will go to the train station and she'll kind of like lean up against it and hug it and kiss it. And yeah, she says, uh, I like when they hear the trains rev up their engines. It turns me on. So you're not really attracted to the this train station. You're kind of attracted to the trains. It, it sounds like, uh, yeah, says that she has been with human men before and she only quotes one. <laughs> it's like you had one relationship. You guys broke up because you were in love with the train station since you were nine years old, apparently. And she says, I felt amazing when I got into a relationship with Daedra because she told that she would never leave me. Okay, that's, uh, 
It's not going to leave you. It's a train station. What, what happens if something happens and they tear down the train station? Oh my God, she left me. I'll never be complete again. She was the love of my life. Oh my God. Oh, this woman needs therapy. I'm hoping that when this article is written, that whoever wrote this article called a therapist. Somebody get this woman help. Because, you know, there's, there's one thing to have a sexual preference if you're a furry or if you're, if you have a thing. And that's, you know, one, things are things and that's fine. And there are different people with different, you know, you're into a thing. Fine. But claiming to be in love with a train station and having married a train station and that it talks to you and that you have sex in your mind is you, you need to have a psychological evaluation because it just screams out that you have some sort of a psychosis. Something is mentally wrong with you. And I'm not saying, Oh, you love what, that it's wrong to love what you love. No, it is. You know, it is questionable psychological behavior to say that a building is physically talking to you. And this isn't like, even like, it's not a, oh, the building is haunted and the ghosts in the building and your psychic medium or nothing like that. This is, she says it's the building. She's in love with the building. She's not in love with the ghost. That would be less weird. Oddly enough, that would be less weird. I'd almost wish she said, oh, the, the, the spirits in the building are calling to me. Then you're just kind of a, a weirdo medium. No, she's in love with a brick and mortar building uh, that's got trains in it and says she has sex with the building in her mind. And that the building loves her so much and is so romantic. And it's a building. The building is not buying you flowers. And never mind, the building is a woman. So... Let's, let's, you know, let's, let's jump that little hurdle there. She had a relationship with a man, didn't work out, wasn't for her. So rather than go to a, try out a human woman, she jumped to a supposed uh, train station woman. What? Yeah, really. I would have at least taken a stab at being traditional gay before I tried to have sex with a building. Uh, yeah. And apparently, the, again, this is a thing. That there's a woman who, like, fell in love with the Eiffel Tower. Not at the Eiffel Tower, but with the Eiffel Tower. And married the Eiffel Tower in 2007. And was then banned from the Eiffel Tower. Who changed her name to Erica Eiffel. It's just, there was a man who married the Berlin Wall, and she, but yeah, she supposedly, she's like, I'm not being really obvious, and I I avoid being around too much and doing anything in public view because I don't want to get banned. You just did an interview and an article with lots of photos of you hugging and kissing the building that, he's like, you're going to get banned, bitch. That's just it. I just, uh, I used to be scared of being in love with humans, but I'm not scared with Daedra. Yeah, it's a fucking building! Of course it's not gonna leave you. It's permanently affixed to the ground! Uh, uh, again. She needs, I'm not saying she's crazy. But I am saying it really sounds like she's got some, some, a cup, she's got something wrong mentally with her. Maybe she's got some repressed feelings, emotional, uh, issues. Something is making this woman fall in love with a train station and she needs to at least communicate these feelings to a professional. Uh, but I'm not, I'm not a licensed professional. I just play one on TV. <laughs> That's what, no, you, you wouldn't want to see me on TV. All right. Well, I'm going to take a quick Potter and Family promo break and I will come back with the rest of the news. What is the Potter family? Hey, this is Shane. That's not Shane. That's a robot set by the government. And that's Kenny from I'm now. I'm a that robot I'm, too. From now that I'm older. More like now that I'm robots. This is Gabriel Russo from the Hollywood Scandals of Yesteryear podcast. This is Steve. 
from the Drift and Ramble podcast. This is Nick from the Epic Film Guys podcast. This is Emily from the Story Behind. This is Adam from Everyone Has a Podcast. This is Sean Harrigan from the Cinescape podcast. We are you, podcasters coming together in a community to help one another grow. So follow us on Twitter at Podern Family and use the hashtag Podern Family in your tweets and retweet other people who do the same. Podern Family, where great podcasts come home. Your guide to cinema etiquette for the Countdown Movie and TV Reviews Podcast. Tip 21. If your portable telephone rings whilst you're enjoying a film, it is a dick move to answer your telephone and speak at a normal volume during a screening. Instead, exit the cinema and return the call in private. It should have been off anyway, fuckhead! For more useful cinema etiquette, join Paul and Wayne on the Countdown Movie and TV Reviews podcast at Podomatic on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. So, I don't quite... I'm not one of those guys who spends a lot of money on shoes and designer shit, and I have to have the new Jordans, and you have to have the new Yeezys, or whatever the fuck, and that, that's, or, or your Air Force Ones. And I, I, I don't get that. I don't understand these people who are spending two, three hundred dollars on a pair of shoes because of the schmuck whose name is on it. I don't care if it's Michael Jordan or fucking Kanye West, especially Kanye West, to hell that guy, or whoever the hell, or any any basketball player's brand shoe. I, I just, why are you, you're paying two or three times what that shoe is worth in, if it's a good shoe for actually playing basketball, is, it's not worth $300. And I guarantee you that the guys in the NBA are not paying $300 for the shoes that they're wearing on the court. Never mind, they were probably given to them by whatever the hell uh, sponsor they've got. But, yeah, I just, I don't understand that whole thing in general. Well, if you are one of those people, you're probably stupid enough to wear the fucking shoes. And guess what happens when you wear shoes? they get dirty. And the world has this thing called weather. And when weather comes around, sometimes it's wet. Now, there are designer plastic covers to act as like a raincoat for your expensive sneakers. Because, you you know, nothing goes better with your Air Force Ones than a plastic bag well, that's kind of the old, that's, that's too old school, you know, wrapping a plastic bag around your feet to keep your shoes from getting dirty because what would something that is intended to be on the ground, you know, why would that possibly get dirty? Oh my God. But a set of designers have come up with, what are they calling them? Dry steppers, high quality plastic sheaths for sneakerheads, uh, 20 bucks a pair. So they're, they're not ridiculously expensive, but you're, you just spent 300 bucks on a pair of shoes. So you probably don't have any money left anyway, but yeah, they, it's basically like a big plastic shoe cover, like a clear plastic shoe cover. It's got a, a, a non-skid base on it and it's got uh, like a drawstring at the top and it's got a zipper up the front so you can slide your shoes in them, yada, yada, yada. And it's a great idea if the idea itself wasn't asinine. And they, they even make them with like, uh, like the logos and fucking, and all that shit to match the, what shoe is inside. So they'll, it'll have like a picture of the Jordans on the side because you can't see the Jordans through the cover. So here, I've got a picture of Jordans. I could walk out there in a fucking pair of sandals with a picture of Jordans on the side. That's what this thing is saying. But, yeah. No. No. You bought shoes, right? 
wear your fucking shoes. Because it really doesn't matter if you get them dirty or not, because in a year, you're going to spend another $300 you shouldn't have on another pair of shoes just because of the name. Ugh. I, I saw a report, I got it, I don't remember if it was MSNBC, CNN, ESPN, I don't care who the fuck it was. I was talking to a guy who has invested, like, God, hundreds of thousands of dollars on owning every single pair of Air Jordans ever made, including all of the weird custom shit and limited edition, oh, there's like 10 pairs of this, he's got them. That, I was like, really? It's a, f and he doesn't wear them, of course, because that would diminish the value. Like every good collector knows, once you actually, you know, use it, then the value's gone. So why do you need sneaker covers if your shoes are losing value just by you putting your feet in them? Really? If you're gonna wear the shoe, wear the shoe. Shoes get dirty. That's it. It's a shoe. It's intended, it's protection. Why do you need protection for your protection? You know, this is that it's wearing two condoms. That's what it is. It's putting on. It's put. You're putting a plastic cover over your sweater because you don't want to get your sweater wet. You're putting rubber gloves over your leather gloves because you don't want the leather to get wet. the The purpose of the shoe is to protect your foot. Fuck what if it gets dirty? That's its job. Its job is to get dirty. Its job is to collect the the water and the crap and keep it from getting to your feet. So really you don't need the shoes. If you're going to wear these things, don't spend $300 on the new pair of, of shoes. Just spend the 20 bucks on these covers and you can go barefoot inside the covers. And it's cool. Does the same fucking job. Not spending so damn much money. And if they wear out quickly, you've got $300 now. <laughs> then you can buy a fuck ton of these covers and you've got way more shoes than you would ever have had if you'd spent all that damn money buying a pair of shoes that just put more crap in Kanye West's back pocket. <sighs> that being said, that's not nearly as bad as the person in San Francisco who spent $160,000 to buy a storage locker. Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure I've mentioned before that San Francisco is hands down the most expensive city in the United States to live in. It's I'm pretty sure it's like ridiculous. It's it's documented. Uh, I remember and again, I'm trying to I'm pretty sure I covered this story about a the cheapest house in San Francisco wasn't even uh, livable. You could not live in the house. It cost a half a million dollars. And it was basically a shell from a house fire. Half a million dollars for a, a, a useless house. And they even said it probably was going to sell for more than that. That, oh yeah, the market price of it's a half a million dollars, but it'll probably go for 650 or 700. Are you fucking kidding me? People are going to be 700 thousand dollars for a house that has to be torn down that's how expensive shit is in san francisco well it turned there's a a big ass luxury apartment building they decided we're gonna have like storage lockers and they say storage lockers it's basically they took an entire empty basement floor area put up some chain link fencing and some numbers and said, and like divided them into different sizes. It's like, okay, this is a nine by nine locker. This is a 90 foot by how the hell big is. Let me find the dimensions on the winning bid. 90 square feet. So yeah, these are, there were nine square foot lockers that went for uh, four to five grand, but seriously, $160,000. For a slab of concrete uh, surrounded by chain link with your number on it and a, probably a padlock. Really? I mean, it's, 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 you basically bought a closet. You bought a walk-in closet for $160,000 in your, in your condo building. Really? Now, the, the article goes on to mention that uh, a two-bedroom, two-bath condo in that building cost $2.3 million. 
still. That, that storage locker boils down to $1,777 per square foot, which is technically more expensive than that two bedroom apartment. <sighs> I mean, that's San Francisco, alright, and somebody fucking paying for it. The, it's, I don't know what's worse, the fact that, that it's, and, that it's, it's no, that, I don't know. $160,000 for a 90 square foot storage locker. I, let's just call it a 9 by 10 foot. Okay? That's, I'm gonna put that into perspective here, but I mean, a, a queen size bed is like 6 by 6. So a little bit big, so you could fit like a bed and a half. What's that, a California king? I don't know. That's, it's, that's as big as Shaq's bed. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I think that's a fair assessment. It's probably about as big as Shaq's bed. And that's what they paid 160 grand for. <sighs> I just, really, you need the storage that much? Really, I mean, and it's, it's gonna be people that are, that are storing, I mean, it's like, you're going to go put your, they're putting like their bikes and crap down there. It's like, oh, we're going to put the Christmas decorations down there. But is it worth that much money? Even in San Francisco, is it worth that much money to be able to store your shit downstairs instead of having, I don't know, say a storage unit at, you know, storage R us, you know, five minutes away? Really? I just, I don't see it. Uh, I've, I've, I've lived in apartments before that had all that shit, but I just, yeah, it's, that kind of money is beyond me. I just don't understand why anybody spends, I, I don't understand San Francisco. I have no interest in even going to San Francisco knowing that that is how expensive shit is. I feel like I'm not going to be able to afford the, to buy gas enough in San Francisco to leave San Francisco. But, you know, that's... I also have no interest in going. I've, I've said it before. I'm pretty sure I just said it last week. Fuck California. <laughs> I just... There's too much. Yeah, it's just it's just too much. Uh, I've... I've I've crossed the border into California just on like a road trip and oh, this highway takes you and you get a swing through California for all of five miles because we can't make a straight line road that goes up the state to get you to the Grand Canyon. But yeah, you watch, you literally watch the price of gas jump 50 cents by crossing the street. That's not good. So yeah, sorry. Until until I have no interest in going to Disneyland. I have little interest. In, I don't really. There's not much in California for me. I'm I'm cool. Yeah, I'm cool. Uh, uh, all that California bashing aside, <laughs> that brings me to this week's tie for Jackass of the Week. All right, coming up first in our tie, we have a an alleged drug dealer gets his home raided by police while showing off his money on Facebook Live. Yep, because there's nothing people of, of, eh, fuck it, drug dealers like more than showing off their drug money. It just seems to be the thing. Oh, look at all the, the dollar bills, y'all, and all that bullshit. And yes, I realize that sounds racist as fuck, but it's a black guy. So, whatever. Uh, yeah, the fucking... Just, like, look, if you're unemployed, and you kind of took... It's like, it's, it's Facebook. Everybody knows all everything about you because it's fucking Facebook. Don't go on Facebook Live showing off all the fucking money and... Especially if you're a drug dealer. That's why there are so many dumb drug dealers. That's just kind of it. That, I mean, not that it's an intelligent profession to begin with, but obviously, street level guy. You're the low rung on the, on, on this, this ladder of, of the drug empire. Because you were the one dumb enough 
to advertise your money on Facebook. That being said, that's not why he got raided. It was just mildly coincidental that while his dumbass is on Facebook Live showing off his his stacks of cash uh, from his drug money, which they never specifically stated, but the guy was arrested for drug charges and distribution and all this shit. You hear the knock on the door, the police announcing that we have a warrant, we're here for your arrest, blah, blah, blah. And in come smoke grenades, and, <laughs> and then you see him bolt, and you see police come in, and in the the fog of the smoke grenades. So yeah, yeah, dumb fucker, uh, charged with possession of a weapon or ammunition as a convicted Florida felon, uh, possession of paraphernalia for manufacture or delivery of drugs, and possession of a controlled substance and possession of cocaine. <sighs> you're a coke dealer, you're a convicted felon coke dealer in Florida, and you have a firearm on you. Jackass. <laughs> Alright. Speaking of cocaine, and I totally forgot that these both were cocaine, two Papa John's employees in Kings County, Washington, were arrested for dealing cocaine using the pizza boxes. I, I, that's worse than the guy who left his cocaine on the, the self-checkout stand at the, at the grocery store. This, yeah. So, in what was dubbed Operation Extra Olives, I can't even say that with a straight face. Uh, yeah, they called it Operation Extra Olives. Six months <laughs> narcotics investigation by the sheriff's department. They had reports of employees selling drugs in the parking lot. And so they basically kind of made contact when undercover did all of their whole thing. And then through the course of their investigation, not only did they realize that these guys were dealing out of the store, but they also had... Like, oh, I don't have that for you. You can go to this guy, and you can go to that guy. So they ended up raiding and arresting, like, five guys. But they said, yeah, they, I guess the code word was extra olives or some shit. And they'd take a pizza box out with, like, out to the parking lot full of cocaine for whatever. I was like, really? <sighs> and what's funny to me is this is not the first time I've heard this. There was actually a a uh, meat market when I lived in Texas. There was a meat market near my house that was like kind of breaking news that they shut down this meat market because it turns out the owner and his son, basically it was like family owned business. The owners of the meat market were using the meat market to traffic drugs, not just like, oh, yeah, they're dealing out the back. They were trafficking large amounts of drugs through the meat market. Like they would go and they'd have, there was like a drop spot. Somebody would drop a bag of drugs in the dumpster. Somebody else would go and they'd pick up the bag of drugs and drop a bag of money. And they were, and that's how they were operating. Like, yeah, really? <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah, I, I just, this story would be so unbelievable if I didn't have that first-hand experience of, wow, the place around the corner for me did the same shit. And that, that meat market, and it was after that meat, after they, those owners were displaced, obviously, because they, they seized the place and all that, and it got sold and shit. But after the market shut down, it became like, it went through like three different owners in the next two years. Because it turns out that meat market wasn't a very good location and it wasn't, it didn't do very good business. So suddenly you're like, yeah, now it makes sense why the original owners had it operating for so long when you never see anybody there. <laughs> it's like, it was almost, I, I don't know if it was cartel related, but it was definitely a large transfer of drugs location. And so, yeah, it looks like all of the money that that, that kept that meat market going came from just being a, you know, drug drop. And I guess at some point somebody pulled, got the, 
bag of drugs or the bag of money and they caught on to him or something. And yeah, next thing you know, you got, you know, Department of, of Alcohol or was it a ATF, you know, raid and the Sheriff's Department and the police and all of them getting together and raiding a meat market and arresting a bunch of people and all that fun shit. Yeah. Operation Extra Olives. <sighs> of course, uh, uh, Papa John's issued a statement and like, oh, this is terrible. Uh, we have zero tolerance for this policy. The, the employees have been fired. No shit. If you didn't, I think it goes without saying they got fired. Uh, they're no longer employed. We apologize for their actions. Uh, they're working in full cooperation with local law enforcement to resolve the matter because not only did they, you know, raid the place and they arrested the guys that were dealing, they have, they have to shut down the whole restaurant and search the place because where were they hiding the drugs? How much do they have on site? How are they, you know, moving about? They found cocaine residue in the kitchen, on the registers, all over the damn place. So they had to go through with the health department and basically scrub the building top to bottom to remove all drugs from the property before they could open up. Shit like this. Ugh. Yeah. Again, ground-level drug dealers, not very smart. Now, I will give them credit for being smart enough to you know, put it in the box instead of, you know, those guys that you hear about that are handing drugs out through the drive through at McDonald's. But, yeah, Operation Extra Olives was a success. <sighs> and with that, I'll take my last little break here and come back with my final pair of crazy ladies, Elsie and Jess from She Podcasts. Hi, do you want to Netflix and chill, but you're not popular enough to have a girlfriend? Check out Netflix and Swill, where you can get drunk alone and listen to us ramble on about shit that's on Netflix. I've listened to Netflix and Swill for two whole episodes now, and they've helped cure my incurable loneliness. Thanks, Netflix and Swill, for letting me get so drunk and forgetting about all my problems. You can trust him. He's unbiased. I'm totally not a host for this show. So hop over to netflixandswill.podbean.com or check us out on iTunes. Hey there, podcast fans. I'm Matt. I'm Joe. And I'm Becky. And every Tuesday we're getting goofy and geeking out on pre-recorded live. We talk nerdy news, movies, comics, and TV, video games, music, and potpourri. Wait, what? Potpourri? Pine cones and dried wood chips and dried flowers and stuff? No, like, you know, whatever. So I could have just said whatever? I think that's better. Okay, so let's say video games, music, and whatever. So check us out online at prereclive.wix.com backslash podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcasting app. Don't worry, guys, I'll let that poopery part out. Terrific. All right, because these two are kind of big shots, and by big shots, I think they're just really influential. If you are into podcasting and actually making your own shows, I think everybody has heard the names Elsie Escobar and Jessica Kufferman. They are, they're, yeah, they basically are the, the two women that just kind of rule the podcast about podcasting space with their show, She Podcasts. They are both well experienced and, and knowledgeable in in the podcasting space meanwhile they're both just kind of a couple of 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 crazy ladies who do not do this the same way as the guys when you think about the shows about podcasting and how to and industry news and all that sort of stuff you're thinking about the dave jacksons and the daniel j lewis's and the you know all uh, the guys that are the guys and they're pretty much giving it to you straight. Even with the element of comedy that they might throw in, they're, they're pretty much solo and they pretty much just give it to you straight. When it comes to She Podcasts, this is a podcast. I mean, of course, guys listen to it and there's a huge male following. I learned about this show through the other guys. But it's it's a show that was originally intended, at least at its core, to appeal to women podcasters. 
as such, they're not this, the, the kind of stuffy technical whatnots. They give you podcasting news and tips and, and much like I do, a, they do a, their weird and wild show of the week. It's kind of a recommendation of thing, a show they've gotten into or come across or heard of something new that's kind of out there. But with all that, you have the crazy personalities of essentially two, and if you guys are listening, don't get mad at me for saying middle-aged <laughs> women with kids and families in very different social and, and economic and, and regional perspectives. Uh, yeah, I mean, Elsie lives in the middle of fucking nowhere, and it's constantly a, a running gag that she has no no like broadband internet that her internet options are crap that and this is a woman who works for libsyn she not only was basically the go-to of podcast hosting she actually hosts co-hosts a show and works with the head of libsyn but she works for a podcast hosting company her her life her job is on the internet and she has eh, crap access to the internet so as such, she's kind of an advocate for, you know, increasing internet availability and things for people all over the world, not just herself. But she, I mean, she's the actress and yoga instructor and she, she's, she is a ball, a, a, a skinny little ball of energy, if there ever was one. And, you know, the, the exclamation, I mean, she does a, a mailing list called, uh, was it Elsie's emergency excitement that just it's just crazy things that she's super excited about right now but she's just so excitable and I love her she's so hilarious and, and <laughs> but she's very regimented and she's very about writing things down and being and she's got she's one of those people who has her her ways about things and if you disrupt her ways then she's gonna rip your face off she just, you know, don't break Elsie. On the other side of the coin, you have Jessica, who is a, again, for, you know, using the word middle-aged, um, a Jewish mom from Jersey, who is, you know, who I've heard that she actually was doing shows breastfeeding her child, and you will frequently hear well, in either case, you'll hear their kids come into the room and disrupt them. Uh, you know, like, oh, it's like, mom, can I watch this movie or whatever? Uh, and yeah, it's, it's like Dark Angels, Pretty Freaks have their dogs interrupt. Well, with She Podcast, you've got kids. There are kids that are coming into the room. Mom, mom, you learn a lot about their personal lives and, and they, they chat about different stuff going on and, Weird, you know, Elsie having issues getting, you know, attacked by a goat and what, and what's going on and Jessica's kids and travel issues and the weather and where the hell are you? You sound like crap. And all this mixed in with their producer, uh, John, who, because they're awesome and they've got a huge following and they want to sound good. They actually have an outside producer that they basically both, they call into and it all gets recorded together. And, uh, he said he's funny and he's, he's in there dropping in the sound effects and all the little clips because, oh, you can bet every time all of their little excitements and all their little exclamations and whatnot, you know, how I have all my little bumpers and whatnot for segments. They have all that dropped in, in place by John. Who, you know, he's, he's the, the, he's the third, he's, he's the guy in the studio. Um, I don't know what his studio is like. I think it's a basement or something, but whatever. But his, yeah, I mean, he's, he's hilarious. And because he does all the recording for them and, and the, the production side of it, since he does that, he gets to, ch he picks out those funny little tidbits and sound clips and whatnot to drop in on them and whatever. And, He'll break them. There are days he'll just break them. He'll drop in a, he'll throw in a sound drop that will just completely derail them because they'll just both bust out into a giggle fit. But 
it's it's not all the the stuffy news and it's worth listening to them just for the stories just for them even if they're talking about like podcasting news or about something like a tool tips and tech stuff you you get pulled out of the fact that you are listening to that technical stuff because they're so goofy and they're so fun and the way they deliver it is just utterly hilarious i i i honestly i i it's another one of those shows that i started listening to because every podcatcher every app will tell you it throws it in your face you need to listen to this show you need to listen to this show this is recommended for you because you are interested in this this or this everything will throw this at you because it's that good it's it's not you don't have to be a podcaster to appreciate this show you don't have to be into making and producing podcasts to appreciate and and, and enjoy this show because they're hilarious that is that is what i love about it because honestly there's very little that i get from them information wise i listen to a ton of shows about podcasting so because they have kind of a delay in their recording to release chances are anything they talk about i've heard from the other guys who record and release like a day apart so or do live shows and things like that they just have a tighter release schedule those guys like yeah i've heard the information but at the same time there, there's little that I'm getting from them informationally, but their perspective on it, their opinions differ very greatly from the other guys in the industry. And they look at so much from that female perspective and they host meetups for women podcasters. And I do feel somewhat bad. It kind of sucks on my side that I love their show so much and I would love to be a part of their Facebook group, but it is in fact a closed group, they have to approve you. And by approve you, they actually have to look into you. They, they like background check your ass. So yeah, guy not getting in. And my wife wouldn't really be interested because she's, she's not as deep into this. She loves doing our show together, but she's not as deep into this as I am. So yeah, I don't, I don't have a way into the she podcast group unless I, it, that unless I, it takes a lot of surgeries and hormones and things like that. And I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not into that. Uh, that's, that's too much of a commitment to get into a Facebook group, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's absolutely worth checking out. She podcasts with an S on the end podcasts, it's, it's, it's a, uh, dot com and check them out because like I said, you don't have to be into podcasting to dig this show. They're just fun. They're just funny. And they will go on for the first 20, 30 minutes of the show. Nothing to do with podcasting. It's very much a, how are you? How's things going? You know, you've been busy. I have been busy. You know, how are the kids? All that shit. Even the shit I do. I do the same shit. But they have somebody to talk to and they're funny and they're silly and they just you know and ranty it's great this is it's an explicit podcast about podcasting i should have thrown that in there it's explicit because they don't try to swear but they do it happens because they're human and they're natural and they don't try to hide it they're great so check them out shepodcasts.com well, that's going to do it for this week. Remember, you can get all of these stories, links, and pictures, and some videos of these crazy bastards at odddeadout.blogspot.com. And while you're there, you can subscribe to the show. There's links for Apple Podcasts, formerly iTunes, uh, Google Play, Stitcher, Spreaker, or just a generic Android app. All there. And while you're at it, Leave me a review. I love five stars or whatever you feel like giving me, but I want a review so I know what you think of the show, so I know what can stay, what can go, what do you like, what don't you like. I want to hear from you, please. I'm begging on in my chair. Uh, <laughs> oh, 
You can always reach out to me on Facebook and Twitter at OddDadOut, or if you're old school, email OddDadOut at gmail.com. But until next week, weirdos, I am still Adam Higgins, the Odd Dad Out. Thank you, and good night. <laughs>